Well, blessed new year to everyone, everyone here, uh, to all those who are watching uh, via the internet, and to those who are outside, blessings, and to those who are in their cars in the parking lot, uh, blessing. Uh, my friends, our first reading, uh, Aaron is instructed by God, not a pleasantry at all, uh, not uh, a nice thought. He says, bless the people. You're my priest. Bless them and do this. And uh, he would, and, he, uh, and even the priest, um, the priesthood that I'm in is different from that of Aaron, um, but um, the same command is for me, too, to bless. Bless the people that have uh, been given to you to care for, and I hope I do that in different ways. Uh, I certainly tell you that I love you and, and uh, that God loves you, and that's the blessing. But the, uh, this reading from the Book of Numbers also uh, is if you will, a foretelling of the great blessing that we hear in the second reading. The second reading, we're told, here's the great blessing. The Son of God, God has come and has made you heirs with him in baptism. And that's the other blessing. And, uh, and again, uh, from, the, from the gospel, we hear uh, an account in the day, uh, in the life of the Holy Family, my friends, uh, just an ordinary day <laughs> in the life of the Holy Family. And I say that with funny because uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem, it was very ordinary for them, uh, but not so much ordinary for us. My friends, so on this day, uh, we celebrate uh, a solemnity. And in the United States, because Mary is the patron of the United States of America, both, uh, and uh, actually of both North and South America, um, it has a greater uh, significance because it would normally be a holy day of obligation here. Uh, but uh, um, you know how that is with the pandemic. Uh, but so today's solemnity uh, refers to Mary as the mother of God. And um, my friends, this is a reminder not just of Mary's significant role in salvation history, but of the struggles to express a Christian belief that is a foundation for us about her son. Um, most of the time when we think about it, um, the Marian titles, the titles given to Mary, they actually refer to Jesus more than to herself, as it should be. And that's what happens with this title, Mary, the mother of God, or in Greek, Theotokos, God-bearer. And uh, in the earlier centuries of the Christian tradition, and in our church, um, there was a struggle to understand and to articulate the content of the faith. And we often take for granted uh, what has come down to us uh, from their struggles, and particularly in our creed and the teachings of Mother Church, uh, because in the earlier times, the earlier centuries, that language was difficult to come by. Um, the title of today's solemnity uh, is the product of a much heated debate and discussion because it involves accepting something about Jesus, <laughs> not so much about Mary, but about Jesus, about the full divinity of Jesus and his full humanity. This was very difficult. Over the centuries, the church has tended, uh, especially in its earlier days, to emphasize either the divine or to emphasize the human nature of Jesus, finding it difficult to reconcile both of them together. And in the 4th and 5th centuries, uh, the belief in the 
fully human and fully divine Jesus was reinforced by several of the councils that came together, the great councils. And so what we have today is the official naming Mary, the mother of God, or more appropriately in the Greek language, Mary the Theotokos, God-bearer. Of her we say uh, she is not the instrument of salvation, that is Jesus, but she is the mother of God. She's not right. Jesus is God. Therefore, uh, she is his mother. And we can say of her, she is the mother of our salvation because Jesus Christ is our salvation. You see the struggles they had? I say it with great ease because all the councils before have made it pretty clear. So I can say it with ease, but they didn't say it with such ease back then. As a matter of fact, it started fights. My friends, but with this title, we are being instructed that Jesus was not simply a human born of woman. Jesus was also divine, existing as God's sons from all eternity and born or made incarnate of Mary at a particular point in human time. In this, then, we can see that uh, through the solemnity, uh, this Marian title, the title says more about Jesus and his identity than it does about Mary. Because and if you take this title, you must accept then that Jesus is fully divine. When you say Mary is the mother of God, you have to accept that he's fully divine and at the same time fully human. <laughs> Kaboom! <laughs> right? <laughs> so many people struggle with this. To this day, they struggle with this. And, uh, and yet, here it is, my friends. And that is the historical and theological background for today's solemnity of Mary, the mother of God, Mary, the Theotokos. But my friends, uh, this day is also um, World Day of Prayer for Peace in the world. And um, on this new calendar year, the church sets its spiritual aspects uh, to enter into this new calendar year. Because remember I told you, this is a new calendar year for us. Advent was the beginning of the new liturgical year, the church year. So um, in this, the Solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, and also World Day of Prayer for Peace. Uh, my friends, often on this first day of the year, folks hope for change. Uh, I watched the news last night and watched people speaking about it. And um, they certainly were looking for uh, a change, and they wanted uh, certainly prosperity in the midst of a pandemic, but also peace. And uh, my friends, I, I, last night as I reflected and was, I thought, okay, uh, I remember a story that was told to me uh, about a, a rabbi. Make sure we're, we're to, to tells the rabbi she works at the synagogue also. <laughs> Let the rabbi. It's a joke. Um, uh, there was a rabbi, as the story goes, and he was told that the Messiah had arrived. And as the story goes, the rabbi went to the window, looked out, and returned, shaking his head, no. He said, no, I see no change in anything. <laughs> I laugh, but um, we Christians, we Christians believe Everything has changed since the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. But yet, in a sense, as that rabbi thought, 
many see no change, really. So one asks, really in the midst of the pandemic, where is that peace? Has anything really changed for the better in our world? We are still plagued with disease. There are wars. There are threats of war. Violence abounds. Racism still exists. Greed and selfishness runs amok, right? Where is the kingdom, the Messiah, inaugurated? Our Lord Jesus, in fact, he did bring that kingdom. And you already have an idea where I'm going with this. I told you in the past homily that that was in the heart. It came into the heart and changes the human heart. And when that changes, the world changes because we are in it. So he brought his kingdom to us. It is present among us, and yet it is still to come, as the scriptures tell us. Recall the solemnity of Christ the King, where we began to uh, enter into our Advent season, which prepares us for Christmas. The liturgy directed our attention, meaning back for Christ the King, to the end times when Christ would return in glory to bring his kingdom to perfection here. The kingdom, like Jesus himself, was born as an infant. Um, and perhaps we hate to admit it, but uh, we can look and say, okay, maybe it hasn't grown as much as we would like. Uh, and uh, especially since the time of the great sacrifice, the crucifixion. It seems that the day of completion, the second coming of Christ, as Scripture tells us, is, seems to be far into the future. Because why? Because we have a lot of work to do still. People don't like to hear that. Well, yeah, we have a lot of work to do before he comes. This New Year's Day reminds us that God is giving us another chance for a new beginning. A time for us to become more fully disciples of his son, Jesus. To be truly Catholic. To be truly Catholic. And all that that means, and it means an awful lot. And to be really active in person, in church, in life of the church. That means you just don't come and dust the pew with you know, I can't say it because I'm being broadcast <laughs> and I'll get in trouble. My friends, the fact of the matter is the church, Mother Church, is uh, the sacrament of the kingdom. That means it is both a sign of what the kingdom is to be and a means for bringing it about. This is the grace of Christ in his church when he said, I am its head and I will be with it for all time. There is a blueprint and a plan for this kingdom, and uh, it has been drafted for us in the very preface on the solemnity of Christ that uh, we celebrated just before the beginning of the new year. And here's what that preface says to remind you. The priest would pray, a kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of holiness and grace, 
a kingdom of justice, love, and peace. Our work as Christians is to rise above the ways of this world and its secular nonsense and its materialism that goes on and on and on and on and on and the often ethos of hopelessness that some societies are putting forth and spoon-feeding people. We are to live as disciples who embrace the truth of the Scriptures and the teachings of Holy Mother Church in order that we can be children of God and all that that means. To be His disciples, to bring about peace and harmony and joy and to understand and to let others know about the great dignity, as St. Paul told us in our second reading, the great dignity, the blessing that's been given to us in Christ Jesus from the Father. And in that, we are to protect people. We are to foster and cherish human life in all of its stages, from conception to natural death. We must respect all people. We follow Christ the King in order to be people of holiness and hope rather than people of hopelessness, a people who worship the Father in spirit and in truth, as the Scripture says, and who rely on His grace to serve Him in holiness rather than depend on the scantly and all the nonsense satisfaction which comes from worldly ways. As a people of the kingdom, we work towards the goals of patience, love, and peace. My friends, if we do this, remember I told you that story about the rabbi who looked out the window and didn't see any change? If we do this, those naysayers are going to look out the window and they're going to see the people of his church, Jesus Christ. And maybe it won't be a no, maybe it'll be like this. Maybe a whole lot has not changed since last year, but I do see the progress of those followers of Jesus Christ, the King. They believe and work for a kingdom of justice and love and peace. On this world day, then, a prayer for peace. Certainly it is good for us to pray for peace, but let's not put our heads in the sand and close our eyes to the fact that peace begins in our own families. It begins in our homes. It begins in our personal relationships with others. It has to start there. If we think it has to start on the world scene, that seems impossible for us. We're going to be overwhelmed. But if we begin it with our families, then that seems very doable. Right? I know you guys have nothing but peace in your family, right? <laughs> My friends. <laughs> My friends. Here are a few thoughts for you to contemplate on this first day of the new year regarding Jesus Christ and Mary, the mother of God. The fully human nature of Jesus assures you and I that we can aspire to be like Jesus, that our efforts are not in vain. In his humanity, Jesus takes all that it means to be human, and if you will, he is the perfection then of humanity, 
to be truly fully human, and it shows us that we, in fact, can emulate our Father in heaven. Because that's what Jesus was, the icon of the Father. The fully divine nature of Jesus assures us that he is capable of offering us forgiveness of our sins. And even more than that, he is capable of offering something that no other person can give you. Fullness of life. Only Jesus can do this. There is nobody else. People want to get angry with me, that's fine, but I'm sorry, but Buddha's not going to do it, Confucius is not going to do it. None of those people are going to be able to do that for you. We respect other people's beliefs. Why? Because they are made in the image of God. <laughs> I'm not being funny. I'm laughing because I'm in my head. I'm picturing, um, oh, now, now, priest of Jesus Christ. Well, yep, I, I am a priest of Jesus Christ. And only Jesus is going to give you fullness of life. You can read those other things, <laughs> but you're not going to get fullness of life. But in my mind, I'm like, but don't worry, because you're made in the Father's image. You're going to come to Jesus eventually. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Yay. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. My friends, we need to have a sense of humor on New Year's Day. Huh? <laughs> My friends, uh, um, Jesus supplies us with the grace we need to believe, as Mary did, that all things are possible to God. The second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians adds another layer of reverence for us. St. Paul reminds the people of his time and all these centuries later us that the one reason God sent his begotten son the way he did is that we might receive adoption, as St. Paul uses the word, so that we may know that we are not merely creation. You're more than a tree. You're more than a monkey, even though the world likes to tell you you're nothing more than a monkey. You're no better is what they say, but you are. We are more than that, and we are not slaves of the Father. Through Jesus, we become heirs with him, sons and daughters of God, children of the Creator, entitled to the benefits of God's grace and mercy in all things at the beginning of this new year, let the peace and joy of knowing that God, always faithful to his promises and mighty in good deeds, has adopted us as his children through the incarnation of his only begotten Son. Open your hearts to this marvelous truth on this day in order to receive God's blessing, not only for yourself, but for all the others. And my friends, regarding Mary... And I say this with all sincerity and with love in my heart because a lot of people have a problem with us paying her honor and homage, right? We do so, but I would say, do not the scriptures tell us to honor our mother and our father? You know, a commandment that is, don't you? If not, the commandments are outside in the, in the stations of the cross garden and I would expect you to go and see them. They're a number. There we go. There, Moses gave us the law, the Ten Commandments, 
And the fourth one says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long. At the cross, Jesus said, Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Our Lord spoke these words to St. John, the Beloved. In doing so, our Lord gave Mary to him, and by extension, to the church, and to all of its members, thus making her our spiritual mother. Subsequently, the statement also makes the Virgin Mary the Theotokos our mother. So, with great confidence, I say these words. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ, your Son. Amen? Amen. Brothers and sisters, uh, I wish you a blessed, a blessed new year, one filled with much joy and peace and laughter, always filled with hope in all things, 